Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. How many of you guys have been here the last few weeks and we've been in this just, uh, you're, you're, might be like, well, which one? Because I've been on vacation or this or that. But really, we've been in this place where we've been talking about really what we felt like was a prophetic word for our house. And it was concerning uh, uh, Joshua leading the Israelites over the Jordan River. And we really felt like the Lord was saying, hey, we're entering into a new season, a new place. And, um, and we were really saying, Lord, how do we position our hearts? How do we, um, what, what are you asking of us? And two of the words that really we felt like were from the Lord was um, when the, they, the leaders of Israel told the people, consecrate yourselves before the Lord, right? Set yourselves apart. And I feel like the Lord right now, he's speaking to really us living our lives in a way where every day we build an altar with our, and lay our lives upon it and say, Lord, what do you want? I'm all yours. And maybe you're saying, well, I know I'm all the Lord's, but there's something about when every day you intentionally wake up and say, Lord, I'm all yours. What does that look like? And you actually let him define you let him define what life looks like instead of you just defining what it looks like. You know, a lot of times we feel so entitled to our opinions and attitudes and different things, but I found this intimacy with the Lord requires me to give that all to him. It requires it. I don't get to bring my, all my stuff before him and keep it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you come to him, the right response is to always give him everything and to only leave with what he wants you to have. And, and what he has for you is life. It's good. It's light. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who are heavy, right? Burdened. And he said, I'm going to give you rest. You, you come with what you have and you leave with something else. You come in one way, you come out another. And, uh, and I can tell you this, if you're like, well, I had this one experience one time where I came in one way and then left another, that's awesome. But it's meant to be a daily thing. It's meant to be a daily thing. And it doesn't mean it just happens at church. Church is not, it, it can happen, but what happens whenever we gather and all week we've been coming into his presence one way and, ch- and bringing something else out. What happens whenever when we come together, we all bring what the Lord has put in our hands. And um, I was listening to something uh, this week. Um, somebody was sharing, and they were talking about, you know, a lot of people, they come to church to get oil or to get fed, Right? And um, the truth is, what happens whenever you have a bunch of fed people that come together? What happens when you have a bunch of people who already have oil, already have something to give? Right? And, um, and that's my desire for you. I don't want this, even this is one of my favorite things, is the greater gathering. It is. It's us coming together like I love being with you. But I also love of he- hearing um, that outside of this, 
um, you are growing in the Lord. Outside of what happens here, you're encountering him. His truth is, is that I want you to bring into this room what the Lord's been doing in you all week because there's people in the room that need what is, what, what is supposed to happen with you in the intimate places with the Lord. Does that make sense? Is that, is, you know, in the story of the, the woman at the well, um, you know, the Samaritan woman that, uh, if, if you don't know the story, it's in John 4, you can go read it, but there is this woman who basically was going from husband to husband, and the man that she was with wasn't her husband. And the truth is that she was, um, she was in a place where she had need, right? She was in a broken place, and she meets Jesus, and Jesus said, had asked her for water, and then he turned around and told her, if you knew the gift of God that was here in me, you would have asked me for a drink. And what was he, he began speaking to her spirit and he had something to give her because of where he had been. He had been with the father. Jesus was fully man, but he was fully dependent on God. He demonstrated what our lives were meant to look like. The truth is, is you were meant to carry something. You were meant to carry life and you were actually meant to have it available for every person you come in contact with. But please don't think that this is about getting recharged on Sunday and that all week at your job you're going to have something to give because of Sunday morning. The truth is, is that if you come and you're dependent on the word that I'm going to share with you, that you're just getting a word from the Lord secondhand. What I share with you is meant to drive you to the secret place to get a word from the Lord. It's, it's actually not, I, I should not be your main source of food for the week. It should be the Lord. Right? And believe me, he's so much better. He, he says it so much better than I could. And, and, and again, I believe a right, I believe the Lord anoints people, teachers in the church, right? He anoints preachers and evangelists and apostles and all he, he anoints all that and it's good but it, that is that is meant to be an addition to it is meant to encourage you and for your growth yes but if you never have something personal with the lord if there's no intimacy um then you're missing it you're missing the big part and that's not you know i, I don't want to discourage you but i want to call you higher jesus always did this he always called us higher he, he, he demonstrated and then invited you in. He still does it today. He demonstrates through people's lives. When you see somebody's life and it looks like the Lord, it's not meant for you to compare yourself. It's meant to be something where you can say, oh, that looks like the Lord and that's available. It's actually meant for you. If, if you can come and see that with the right heart, it'll bring you into faith and make you see what's available so that you can come into that same thing. Right? Y'all good? I, I don't feel alone up here. This is awesome. <laughs> All right, so hey, look, today I, I want to do a few things. At the end, I'm going to take of, of this talk, I want to share with you just a few things that I feel like the Lord is doing, specifically in this house, as far as some very like tangible, practical things, okay? And I want to invite you into them. Um, I want, to get, I want to talk about four, four core values of this house, 
okay? Um, some things that I believe that we, we're walking in, that I believe we, some, we, we've given language to some of them. Some of them I feel like we need to talk out. Um, and so let's start with number one. Everybody say number one. Number one. Awesome. It's this. It's the presence of Jesus and his leadership. It's always going to be number one for, our, for this house. Um, Colossians 1 verse 18 says, And he, talking about Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So Jesus is the what? He's the head of the body. Who is the body? We are, right? So he's the head. He's the leader. He's the brains of the operation, right? If it's not coming from him, have you ever had a part of your body do something that was like involuntary? Like you, you're like, I didn't want to do that, but then my leg did that and it was weird. Anybody? Uh, you're like, that's, that's messed up. Is uh, somewhere along the line, there was something wasn't clicking right. You know, I think a lot of times um, in the body of Christ, we've got parts that are doing all kinds of things that are just, the Lord's like, that's out of whack. That's, that's not, that didn't come from the, the source. That wasn't my thought. That wasn't my direction. And, uh, and I, and, but I believe it. And I believe that, that that is why we've seen so much division in the church. I believe it's why we have over 400 denominations. Is because I believe we haven't learned to actually acknowledge Jesus as the head of his church. And you've got a bunch of people who, um, because they don't acknowledge him, they're trying to be the head, but they could never be the head. Right? And it's not just my responsibility, but it's all of our responsibility. I'm just a part of the body, just like you're a part of the body. And each one of us, while we corporately submit to him, we individually must submit to him, to his lordship. And I can tell you this, there will be parts of your life, whatever part of your life that doesn't come under his lordship will um, will be open, will open you up to be ruled by something you were never meant to be ruled by. Um, runaway microphone. All right. Jesus, when, when the Lord made heaven and earth and he created you and I, he created Adam and Eve, what did he, um, what did he tell them to do? He said, go and multiply, right? And he told them to, he, he pretty much told them, go and rule and reign in the earth. Go take dominion in the earth. I want to propose to you that there is nothing in the earth, no natural thing that is meant to rule and have dominion over you, including sin. I believe, but that only can be true. You can only walk in dominion in the earth in the places where you've made him Lord. If he isn't Lord in an area, then you actually can't have dominion in that area. So, um, I, I said this last week, but I thought it was so profound. How, how many of you just, you, you love when you can feel the love of God and the presence of God, the goodness of God? We all love that. If you haven't encountered that, he wants you to encounter him where you're like, no, I know this is him. And to me, when I think of that, I think this is his friendship. This is his goodness. But there are moments in my life when I'm not encountering his presence, but he's still Lord. 
The absence of you feeling his presence doesn't mean that he's not Lord. And I would even say is that you will really encounter his friendship and his goodness where you've made him Lord. But his lordship doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what you are feeling and if everything looks right. It has to do with despite whatever it looks like here, I'm making him Lord. Okay? And so I gave this quote last week, and again, it's more of a paraphrase of what he said, but Pastor Bill Johnson, he said that my friendship with God can't go where his lordship hasn't. Love him as friend, but he's Lord. It means this. What does it mean for him to be Lord? It means this, is that he's right, I'm wrong. <laughs> Essentially, it means that like, it's, it's what he, he, he is in charge. He, he, it's, it's him. He gets, to, he gets to tell me how to live. And, I can, and, and if there's the part of you that is like, well, this is my life and I get to live that, he'll let you do it. He'll let you do it. He gives you free will. I think a lot of times we get that so confused is we think just because we can do it that we should do it and he's okay with us doing it. We, we take his kindness and his goodness and his mercy and we end up living out lives with bad theology because we think it's all good. God's kind. He loves me no matter what. He does love you no matter what. How many of you have kids? How many of you love your kids no matter what? How many of you are always pleased with your kids? It's a big difference. <laughs> right? And so um, the Lord, the, Paul talks about learning to, in Romans 12, 1, where he's talking about being a living sacrifice the reason he's in, in having your mind renewed, he's saying that, he ends with saying, so that you can know what the perfect will of the Lord is. So you can actually know what pleases him. The truth is, until you have been, until he is Lord, you don't actually know what pleases him. I want you to think about that. You don't actually know what pleases him until he's Lord in your life, till you've said that he gets to tell me what he wants to tell me, and, I, and it's a yes. It's a full yes to him. I, I would, I, a good question to ask yourself is, what in my life, um, I'm thinking how I can ask this. What, anyways, I thought I had a good question, but then it slipped my mind. So, But let me just say it like this, is, if the Lord, is there anything in your life that the Lord um, doesn't have access to that he can't ask you for? Is there anything that if he asked you for it, if you really searched your heart, that you wouldn't be able to give it to him? And I'd say this, let me give you a real, I'm going to talk about this in just a minute. But if the Lord asked you for something financially that didn't make sense, is it all his or is it not? You know, is, is, like, let's just get real practical. If the Lord said, hey, I'm about to shift your job, and you're like, Lord, I love my job. Are you willing to trust him? Are you trusting that he's good in nature? When you know him and how good he is, it doesn't matter what he asks you for. He's never trying to beat you up, all right? Lord, God with Abraham, he asked Abraham to put Isaac, his son, on the altar 
And you're like, well, Lord, that's so, that's, that's ugly. That's mean. It wasn't mean. The Lord, after he, um, after Abraham put Isaac on the altar and then the, and, and I, and Abraham was, he was ready to do the deed. He was ready to, to sacrifice his son. And it says the angel came and kept him from doing it. And then the Lord told him, says, I know that I can trust you. I know that you've withheld nothing from me. There is beauty in withholding nothing from the Lord. It is one thing to trust God. It is another thing when God trusts you. Right? And that's what I want. I want to say, God, I want to be a person you can trust. Um, all right, I got to keep moving. Um, so he, his presence, the presence of Jesus in his leadership, he will always, he, uh, he, he is our center. He's, he is our source. Everything we do comes from him. If you're saying like, pastor, why as a church are we doing this? Or why are we not doing that? I'm going to say, go ask the Lord. He's the leader. No, I'll have a conversation with you. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you, I, my commitment is this, is if the Lord says it, we're going to do it. And if he doesn't say it, then I'm going to keep leaning in until he says something. Okay, one of the worst things you can do is put your hands to something his hands are not on. The best thing you can do is to put your hands where his hands are. But it requires you to actually hear him and listen to him. Just because he's doing something in one season doesn't mean he's doing it in another. It means that you have to, it, it requires you to know him and to seek him and to hear him. Right? The goal is always relationship and to know him. So number one, presence of Jesus in his leadership. Number two, humility. I want to read this in um, Ephesians chapter four. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. I love that language. He's saying, I'm pleading with you to walk holy, which in a way that is suitable to your high rank. He's saying this. When you know who you are, you walk a certain way. And he's saying this, you got a high rank because of who you are in the kingdom, because of who you are to him. But as a, as a royal son and daughter, walk holy. You know, there are lots of things um, in my life when I was first growing in the Lord that I did because of religion told me not to do them. There are lots of things in my life that I didn't do because the rules told me not to do them. There are some of those same things now that I don't do, but not because of rules, but because of love, because I love him. I don't do them not because I can't, it's because I don't want to, because I know him. And um, it's a big difference whenever um, you're just saying, well, I'm doing this because that's what Christians are supposed to do. It's another thing when you've been with him and you say, I don't do that and I do this because it blesses his heart. Because I know that, I know that, that pleases him. Um, then it keeps going, it says, uh, with tender humility, everybody say tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. I love that he threw that in there. It's like, we can't just love one another. He's like, especially, 
especially those who try your patience. <laughs> it's like, come on, you could have left that out and we could have just had, had an excuse. And it says, um, be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. I love that too. I love this scripture. We're saying, be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit. Can you see God's heart in this? That he's like, like he's good and he cares for everybody, but he's saying this, there is a way that you position your heart that guards love, that guards what's holy. He's saying this is we don't do, there, if you're looking for a rule book and you're looking for, well, we do this in church because we're supposed to do it like this and this is, and we all become robotic and we're like, nobody really knows how to act. You know, I've been, I've been in some groups like that where you're like, I feel like nobody really knows how to act because everybody doesn't know. Every, anyways, um, I'm rambling. But tender love, tender humility. You have to realize Jesus is humble. Jesus is humble. The fact that he would come and that he would show mercy to me and you. The fact that in a room today full of imperfect people, he came and he's here now. He's humble, and he's good, and he's close to the brokenhearted, and he's close to the lonely, and he's, he's good. It's his goodness that leads us to repentance. And so I believe because whenever you see his humility, it empowers you to walk in humility, all right? Um, humility is the fruit of an, of an identity that is fully intact. It's the identity of Christ in me. Jesus is humble so I can be humble. Humility um, to me is knowing who you are and knowing who you're not. It's knowing who you are and being okay with what you're not. It is, I've found people who walk in humility are those who are fully submitted to the Lord. For me, there's a progression that comes here with these values is that when Jesus is the head, when he is the Lord, is I'm not trying to do my own thing. I'm not trying to define me. I'm not trying to get ahead. I am simply following the leader. And, and so I don't have to try and make my own way. I don't have to try and puff myself up. I don't have to prove myself to you because he approves of me, because I've found myself in him. But I think arrogance is the fruit of anything that you're trying to do apart from God and his leadership. That's why, you know, the Tower of Babel, whenever you had a group of people that were building something, they said, let us come and build this. It was pride because it was what they were trying to do apart from God. It wasn't unto the Lord. It's the point where nobody can come and have a voice in your life and tell you what to do because you've got to do it. It, it's actually humility what happens. Humility in the body, it, it, it's, it's submission to the Lord, but then we submit to one another in love. It's this place where I can actually be told what to do. I can actually be, can be told that I'm wrong and I don't have to defend myself. You know, it's, I see a lot of people that um, they, they kind of jump from church to church and they're always boom, 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 because nobody can tell them what to do. Nobody can tell them what to do. Nobody can, they, they know what they know. And, and the truth is, it's rooted in insecurity. 
It's rooted in insecurity. You don't have the Lord's heart. You haven't learned. Jesus is patient to walk with people. Some of us have no patience. That's why it talks about humility and patience in that scripture. Tender humility and patience. It's because I am not trying to do my thing. I'm not trying to make my way. I'm not trying. I, I don't, I, I love whenever you um, encourage me. Uh, all of us could say that, right? You love to be encouraged. You love when somebody comes and compliments you on whatever. But that's awesome. But I don't need you to feel good about myself. That's the Lord's job. Right? I struggled with that for a long time, feeling approved. And it's one of the things I walked through with the Lord. But I know this is that my, uh, my possessions, my position, who I am, it's a, it's, it's, I'm, I'm approved of by the Lord. That is not based on anybody else's opinion or thoughts. I have the, when you have the Lord's opinion, you can walk in humility. When you have his opinion, you can be secure. You're like, the Lord said it, and it's good, right? But whenever you don't have his opinion, you, you are leaning on your own opinion and everybody else's opinion, and it leaves you insecure. But the Lord's opinion brings security, it brings rightness, and it establishes you in the kingdom. You can serve anybody. And so... Humility. So if you want to know where humility begins, it begins here. You acknowledging your need for God and submitting to his lordship. If you're saying, man, I need humility, you need to just submit to the Lord. If you have a hard look, if you're looking for perfect people, you're not going to find them. If you're looking for the perfect church, you won't find it. It's being perfected if he's the Lord if he's the leader. It is in the growth process and it is in the process of being perfected. And that's beautiful. I believe we're in that process, but you have to know sometimes it gets messy and the Lord's okay with that as long as he's the leader. But we can submit to one another in love. A a humble spirit is willing to have an honest conversation. A humble spirit is willing to bring your offense to the table I love, I I had somebody this week came and said, I need to have lunch with you. And they told me some hard things. And they they told me some things that they were like, hey, I'm seeing this. And I could have easily, because because it wasn't things that were necessarily like where there was an issue, I could have been like, oh, no. But instead of saying like, I'm so grateful that you brought this to the table, that we didn't let this linger, that there was no division here. I didn't take it personally right? Is sometimes we don't agree with this. We think this and that. Look, if you have a critical spirit, go before the Lord and get his opinion. When the Bible talks about that we will be held into account for every idle word that we say, you know what those idle words are? They're words that you haven't labored over with the Lord. They're opinions that you haven't actually asked him what he thinks. And the Lord doesn't want you carrying that. He doesn't, your opinions are heavy. His are good. His are light. Everybody okay today? All right. 
All right, so number two is humility. Number three is honor. Honor is to hold heaven's opinion and value for something or someone. Honor is what we do with the Lord's opinion. Honor is taking the opinion of the Lord and placing it deep in our hearts and treating that person or that thing he's talking about the way he would want it to be treated. Right? That's honor. It's, a, it's actually a giving heaven's value to something. So I, I wanted, I'm not going to stay here real long, okay? But um, four things that I just kind of wrote really quick, places we honor is we honor God. Man, that's what our worship is. It's actually saying this is who he is. It's assigning a value to him, right? And so your worship becomes agreement. It's honoring him. Whenever we talk about honoring the Lord, what we're doing is we're giving him his rightful place. We're saying this is who he is. It's not just this thing of like, it's not some um, just abstract, some thing that we just kind of, a word we throw out. It's like, no, to honor him is what we are saying is he is Lord. He is good. There is no one like him. That is honoring him. It's where we are giving him his rightful place. Um, Second place we honor is each other. If you have a problem with somebody, you need to ask heaven's opinion, ask God to give him his, his opinion for that person so that you can honor them. Right? I'm, again, people aren't perfect. You might have somebody come up on this stage and you may say, I don't agree with what they're saying. I don't like the way they deliver. I don't like this or that. I don't like the way they pray. I don't like the way they do that. And guess what? Because you don't have honor in your heart towards them, you'll never receive what they have to give. You could have somebody that the Lord sent to impart something to you, but if you don't learn to honor them, that you'll never be able to receive it. You honor a prophet in the name of the prophet, you get the prophet's reward. I'm not saying that we don't use discernment and test the spirit. That, that's part of it. But you can't even do that rightly unless you're walking in humility. You can't do that unless there's honor. It's this. What happens is, this is what happens with my kids, okay? This is how I honor my kids. And, and that's the, the third one is we honor children. Is me honoring my children means that I have a responsibility to not just let them do whatever they want. A father corrects the son that he loves. Um, for me, because I am listening to what the Lord says about my, my children, about my son, I'm going to choose my son as an example, um, because I've gotten the Lord's opinion and his value for him, I call him according to that, and then I, I call him up to that. I don't expect that he's just going to get there, there overnight, but I'm constantly pointing him to that. That's how I honor him, is I, I, don't, I don't tell him things that are going to crush him. I don't tell him things that are going to belittle him. I'm always calling him higher. That's why whenever we say, tell them, don't say that, we say, don't say that because it's not, it's not who the Lord's made you to be. Is that we, we're constantly calling them higher. Is that we have to honor um, each other that way. We're, and we have to honor children that way. It's important that we see children. It's important that we value children. I believe that the Lord is looking for people who will honor children.
Uh, and that requires us being in the secret place with the Lord. Not just your own kids, but children. Our children in the world today are so under attack, and we have to turn our hearts to them and honor them. Have to. Honoring your children is you not allowing things in their, not, you, you do not carry your children loosely. You do not, you do not just put what, things in their hands that they can't carry. You don't put things in front of their eyes that they can't carry. That, to honor them is to know the season that the Lord has them in and to raise them accordingly. We have to honor them. And, and it, it means this, it's not just keeping them from the evil, but it's imparting the good. We know this, you're not gonna keep your kids from everything, but if you, would, if you would have honor in your heart, you'll know how to raise them. Whether they're adult children, whether they're a spiritual child, whether they're your, your babies, whatever that is, is you learn to honor them, right? Honor. All right. My last one, number four, is generosity. And, and I just have to say this about this house, is you guys are generous. You guys are generous with your time, with your love, with your money, with your resources. Um, honestly, for us as a church, a new church plant to come into a building with this, the note that we have, and the, like, we've, we've never missed a payment as a church in, in three years going through COVID and all of that. And you're, you're a people that you sow and you're generous. Um, and I, I want to say this is, um, I, I want to just take a minute just to teach on generosity. Um, God's nature is to be generous. It's who he is. It's, it's who he is. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave what it was, he loved, so he gave, right? His one and only son. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's, he's, he, he's a giver, he's generous. Um, we are made in his image. When you see he's generous, you become generous with your life. Please know this, is I, a lot of times in church we start talking about generosity and um, people are like, you know, a lot of times we just think that's finances, but genero there is a spirit of generosity. There is actually where you have a willingness to actually be generous with your entire life. And again, it all stems back to this first point of his lordship, him being Lord. When he's Lord, it's all his. Um, Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25 says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's a good word. That's why I want you to have something to give. The Bible says that God actually gives seed to the sower. So, but you have to be the sower. 
He, only, he gives seed to those who are willing to sow. Is, but it, again, it all starts with he's Lord. I talked about earlier about um, dominion in the earth. I, I, let me hit just on finances for a minute. You were meant to rule over your finances. They were not meant to rule over you. But when he is Lord of your finances, you actually get to rule over them. If he isn't Lord of your finances, they will rule over you. The Bible says that, what it says, it says that um, the love of money is the root of all evil, right? And, uh, but it's the love of money. The love of money isn't just greed. It's the fear of not having enough. It's not just I've got to have more. It's, all, it's this thing of any time that he's not Lord, Right? So he's Lord. You know, we, there's so much, I've heard all the different sides debate about like the tithe and should we tithe and is that new covenant? And what, let me tell you this, there is no place um, that Jesus took, okay, let me give you an example. Jesus took the law, what's in the law? It says thou shalt not commit adultery, right? What did Jesus say? He said if you have lust in your heart towards another woman, you've already committed adultery. There's no place that Jesus didn't call us higher. You see, under what it was, Old Covenant, there was, there was 10%. New Covenant, it's all his. Now, for me and my family, for us, even in our giving, we, uh, 10% is a starting point for us. And then we ask that we would be a people who are generous and that are sowers, and we know that God gives seed to the sower. Right? It's how we, how we live. And again, if there's any place in you that you're like, look, I, I understand that there's so much when it comes to finances in church that has been misused and mishandled and abused. I, I understand. But in, in all of that, you have to get the Lord's opinion. I, I'm, I'm saying you go and get the Lord's opinion. But I can tell you this is generosity is important with your life, your time. You have to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you requiring me of me, requiring of me? Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What a promise, what truth. is so my, my desire for you is that in your life, um, with your time, with your affection, with your finances, is that you would be generous. Is that you'd be generous. I'd say this, if this is part of your family here at the church, if you're like, hey, this is, this, I'm, this is the house of worship I'm at, this is the family of believers I'm in, is you should be generous. You should be generous with your time and your love and affection and your, and your resources, okay? It should be, this, this is, um, this house, this building, it's our responsibility. It's not just my responsibility or the groundkeeper's responsibility. This is our responsibility. And I'm gonna talk a, a little bit more about that in just a minute. But, um, sowing and reaping. Uh, I, 
I want to say this, Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, as long as the earth remains, it will be a principle by which we live by. Learning to be someone who knows how to sow and how to reap how to be somebody who is a sower so that you can get seed from the Father and that you can continue to sow and reap. It's never gonna end, right? Um, All right, so number one, presence of Jesus and his leadership. Two, humility. Three, honor. And four, generosity, okay? All right, as we're closing, I want to just take a few minutes, and I, wanna, I told you I was going to give you just a couple of practical things. Um, y'all good today? Did anybody receive that? Yeah? Okay. Um, worship team, thank you guys for sitting with me. Um, I, so here's two things that I want to tell you that I felt like the Lord really asked of us that we are in the process of saying, Lord, how do we respond rightly to what you're saying? How do we walk this out? And I want to bring you into that. Um, honestly, with one of the things this last, uh, probably a few weeks ago, the, um, the Lord actually corrected me in a loving way. He was like, John, I asked you these things, but I didn't ask you to carry all the responsibility. And so I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to bring the body into it. And so today, these next few minutes, I want to talk to those in the house who say, hey, this is family, okay? This is, the Lord's planted me in this house. There is part of humility, um, we, we talked about humility, a humble spirit will get planted. You'll get planted. Never criticize somebody else's growth, okay? Their growth is a result of them being planted. If they're growing and you're not, it might mean you're not planted, You should be planted in a house, it's important. If you're like, I'm not sure if this is the house for me, the people for me, that's okay. But get planted somewhere. The Lord called you to relationship, called you to have an open heart. I understand, if if you've had church hurt before, I get it, I've had it too. Walked through it, a, a boatload, okay? It's real, truth is, you get planted in this house, there's a good chance you might get hurt. But my, my desire is that we would learn to bring everything to the table and walk that out with each other. All right. If you have family, you know, family's messy sometimes. Just, you know, we're batting like one out of three for Thanksgiving, you know. (laughs) Um, But let me let me keep going. Um, The first thing is this is many of you know, on Tuesdays mornings, our staff and whoever can come that allows their job to do so. We walk around downtown Hammond. And we just really pray for our city. We listen, we hear. And, um, and, and, and the reason we do that in downtown is because for years, I felt like downtown Hammond was central to this region. Um, when we were actually praying, Miss Anita, um, I guess a couple months ago now, she felt, one of the things the Lord spoke to her was that downtown Hammond was like the epicenter for this region, for this parish. And she said the Lord showed her that as downtown Hammond goes, so goes the parish, so goes the state. And, um, and be honest with you, for years, um, even before we planted the church, I had this real heart to do something, had to see something Um, spiritually alive happening in downtown Hammond where the presence of the Lord was there. At one point I was trying to open up like a prayer and worship thing and before I really understood, I was just 
knew something was in my heart. And I felt like at the beginning of this year, the Lord really was saying, hey, there, we're gonna have, there's gonna be something there and I want you to really begin to prepare your heart and pray. And so that's even why we begin to pray on Tuesday mornings. And, um, and so what we are currently praying about is what it would look like to have our prayer room in downtown Hammond. And we're, we're, we're looking and saying, Lord, you, like, we feel like the Lord's going to show us exactly what that looks like and, and where. And so what I'm asking you guys is to pray with us. I'm asking, like, um, it, I, because you go and pray in downtown Hammond, it doesn't mean that you can't be like a Ponchatoulian or a Springfield person. or anything. It means this, is that I feel like this, that area is, is, there's something about that territory that's important to the Lord. Okay, and so I'm asking that you would pray. I'm asking if you have time, an evening, go with your family, walk around downtown, hear what the Lord's saying. If the Lord shows you something, tell us, because there's gonna, uh, there will be a time whenever I feel, whenever, like we don't know what it's gonna look like with the, with a building one day, but um, or or a location, but it may be that um, we come to you and say, hey, we feel like this is the the place the Lord has for us, and this is what it's going to cost us to get in there, and asking you guys to sow into that. And uh, but I'm asking more than that right now. All I'm asking is you guys pray with us and journey with us. That you would say, hey, what is the Lord saying? And um, one of the things that I'm learning with the Lord is that there are certain places of territory that are important to Him. Um, this building is important to the Lord. I, I had um, not a whole lot of attachment to this building a few years ago, and I, and and to be honest with you, like this this location, even there, there's a lot of good that happened here. This was actually one of the first spirit-filled works that happened in this region. Happened in this building. Right? There's a lot of really great history here, a lot of great men and women that have come from the ministries that's happened in this building. Um, and whenever uh, we begin to remodel the building, there were things that like we tried, like there were walls we tried to keep and they would just fall down. We were like, what is going on? And, uh, and, the, and one day uh, we were walking, when this building was fully under construction, I walked in here and there was a piano, that is the, the baby grand that's in the back. There was a drafting table and there was a pile of bricks. And I walked by and the Lord told me, he said, um, he said, I'm the builder um, uh, he, he, he showed me the piano and he said, um, I, I'm the conductor. I'm like the, uh, I'm conducting what's going on. And, um, what was the other thing? Bricks drafting table. He said, I'm the architect, I'm the builder and I'm the conductor. And he was letting me know that this is my idea. This is my idea. And I never quite really understood why this was so important to the Lord, but it is. This building is important. I believe that the Lord wanted to show his redemptive power. And I believe that um, this is supposed to be a house that's marked by his presence, by his power, and it's supposed to be full of a people who believe him. Um, so I wanna, I wanna kinda, I'm gonna take, give me just a couple more minutes, okay? One of the things that the Lord, I felt like in, in terms of this building that the Lord asked us um, early on this year was that this building would be moved into the Wellspring name. Right now, 
Um, it is in the Mission International's name, uh, which is Pastor Devin and Kathy, which we love them. And, um, and they're like our overseer spiritual parents for us. And we went to them and said, look, this doesn't even make sense to us. Like, we're a young church. Like, it would be so much easier just to keep going how we're, we're going. But we feel like the Lord's asking this for whatever reason. And, and there are so many things with this building that I'm like, Lord, that doesn't make sense, but you want it. And, um, and all I know for me is I just want to respond with yes. And, um, and so with that, um, they're, they're, with how old of a church we are, there's, I, I knew there's no bank that I can go walk into and they're going to just take us on. It's just the truth. And, um, but we do have a bank that's like, hey, we want to come and talk at the table. And, uh, and so this is, uh, this is, it's concerning this that the Lord told me, you're not supposed to just carry the weight of that responsibility. And so this is what I'm asking of you guys is one that you guys would pray is that you guys know that we're, we're praying about this. The second thing is that we're asking, I wanna ask you guys to pray and ask the Lord what we, he would have for you guys to sow financially in, in this season, as, just, as above your tithes and offerings, what it would look like to be able to sow into this because we wanna sit down at that meeting and be able to say, hey, we're in a good position. Not that we're in a bad position now, but we wanna be in a good position where they say, hey, we, we, we want to work with you guys and walk with you guys through it. And this has nothing to do with anything other than it's just the word of the Lord. It's what he said. Um, I'm like, if you're here saying like, well, is there something, there's no other story other than this is just what the Lord wants. Because in, in any other scenario, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. And so this, and so I wanted to invite you guys into that because <clears throat> honestly, my last probably few months have been, Lord, I have no clue. And the Lord told me, he said, and not, uh, other than following his leadership, right? Like, I don't know how this is going to happen, Lord. And the Lord's like, hey, I, I asked you, but I want you to bring the body into this. And so I'm asking that you pray for that. And, um, and, and this is our obedience to the Lord. Amen? Amen. You guys good? Will you stand with me? I, I, love, I love you guys a lot. Um, perfect timing. Play some music so everybody thinks we're finishing. We are finishing. Hey, I, I, want, I want to take a few moments and I just want us to come before the Lord. And I, I want you to begin to ask the Lord, like, Lord, the places in my life in regards to your presence and leadership humility, honor, generosity, like, Lord, come and teach me how to walk in that. Mark me with those things, Lord. So even now, Lord, we just come. And I just, we, we say again, you're the leader. You're our everything. You are, you, you, you know us. You are the designer. You are the creator. You're the architect. You're the builder. You, you know what you have in mind, Lord. And, and so we need your thoughts and we need your opinion. Your ways are higher and we want your thoughts, Lord. So this morning we just come, into you, come to you and say, we need you. Come on, can we just say that together? It's, Lord, we need you. We need you, we love you. We're here for you today, Lord. We're here, our whole lives are yours. We thank you, Lord, for this house. I even just... Thank you, Lord, for this property. I thank you, Lord, that um, even here, Lord, that there are going to be many that come 
Many that come, Lord, who don't know you, who are broken, and they're gonna come alive in you. I thank you, Lord, for the miracles that have happened here, that are happening here and are going to happen here. I thank you, Lord, that this is gonna be a place where prayers that, sh that change the world, Lord, are gonna be prayed from this place. That, Lord, we're gonna, that prophetic utterances are gonna be released from this place, Lord, that set things into motion in the earth. And so we just come into agreement with who you are, Lord. We, we step away from all fear. We step away from all confusion and we submit to your leadership, Lord. Lord, we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to figure it all out, Lord. We have come to follow you. Lord, like when you asked the children of Israel to walk around Jericho and it didn't look like battle, but it was warfare. Lord, we've come to do that. We've come to say, Lord, you tell us what to do and that's what we're gonna do. And Lord Jesus, you are so worthy and so kind. We honor you with our lives and we bless you. We bless you. Jesus, I bless your people today. Lord, fill our hearts and our homes with your presence. Lord, consecrate our lives to where you are our one thing. That from that in, in our homes and in our workplaces while we're driving the car, Lord, that we know how to turn aside and hear your voice and encounter you. I just declare, Lord, that this is a season we are coming into intimacy with the Father where we are gonna know him and his desire. Lord, I bless your people. I pray over um, families right now, Lord, that they are made whole. I pray over um, those who are having sickness in their body and we say be healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. So thank you, Lord, for freedom in homes and in lives in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless you and we honor you, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.